Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents, and welcome to the 2021 Summer Vacation Series. We're getting to know comics from around the world who performed on our Isolation Comedy online show in 2020. I'm your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington. She'll join us if she damn well pleases. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. And you can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, live shows, and an events page for live shows in Austin and Houston. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, just go to the events page and click submit a show to complete the short survey. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin, check that, the world comedy scene, the best. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, from Los Angeles, the mecca of comedy, we are getting to talk to somebody who's got a, a, an incredible dry bar special. His debut album, Carry the Pillows, is excellent. He's an actor and chances are pretty good that you've seen him on TV on a stunning 14 commercials. And it's probably even more than that uh, since I pulled that credit, including being cast as Nerd Guy. He's got a hilarious YouTube series called Bigfoot Chasers and by the way, even if you did miss those commercials, you can definitely see him performing comedy on Up Next on the Comedy Central channel. And he had a stand-up TV debut on Fox and Hulu's Laughs. He was one of our favorite comics on our 2020 Isolation Comedy show. And now Comedy Wham presents our guest, Daniel Eaches. What's up? Thanks hey. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I. I remember uh, you doing our online show and you were, um, I don't know how you came by us. I think you reached out to us because you were probably just trying to find any performance time. Yeah, I'm sure a comic told me about you guys that you had had on a show or something like that. Yeah, and I remember thinking, man, I wish, I wish I discovered you a lot sooner because I would have had you on several times because I just you were <laughs> so great and uh, I you know I waited to do my homework and I watched the dry bar special and I watched um, uh, I, I was listening to to clips of carry the pillows and I'm like man I really wish I'd had you on more <laughs> last oh, and, thank you uh, I know at the time of this recording we're recording in mid-june and you're actually coming through Austin, but this is gonna come out after those dates. And I'm really hoping that I get to see you perform live because uh, everything that I've seen now, I'm like, oh, this is, I, I love your style of comedy. So now that I'm done well, gushing. You. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely um, did your homework. It's impressive. I like it. Cause <laughs> even when you were reading the intro, I was like, oh, you rewrote, the, like, these are your own words, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, most people just read straight from the bio. They'll be like, he was uh, born in Fresno, California. <laughs> it was like a minute of like, oh, okay. <laughs> these are my words that I wrote. Yeah, it was impressive. <laughs> well, yeah, I do like to do my homework. Um, I actually, aside from the gushing, I do like to start with an official icebreaker question. Right. So if you're ready one word to describe your past one word to describe my past uh, <laughs> uh surreal would probably be the right <laughs> word i mean i know it really happened i'm not like uh a crazy person or something yeah did i actually live in the past uh <laughs> I just, I feel like I did so many weird things. And when I tell people, they'll be like, they're usually like, really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I had a weird past. I don't know. What do people normally say? Oh, it's, it's all over the place. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I had uh, some recent ones or uh, somebody said checkered. Uh, I, I can't remember them because well, that's artsy. I, yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, and they, they got even more artsy because they're 
well, oh, I can't tell you this. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler. Uh, <laughs> a little too artsy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I've I I had one person that wanted me to just they they committed to their past was oof. <laughs> That Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. I feel like for most comics, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, where were you born and raised? Uh, well, in uh, Fresno, California, in oh. the uh, mean streets of Fresno, okay. which is uh, it's like in the center of California. It's not at all what people picture when they picture California in their mind. Have you ever been there? I have. Before? I've been to both North and Southern California. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Fresno's on the way in between both of them. Uh, it's usually when I tell people that, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I used the bathroom there once. It's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's about right. That's something to do in town. It's usually the butt of a lot of jokes, and uh, it's just where I grew up. I don't know. I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you do you have comedic memories from growing up other than people saying, you know, knowing it's a pit stop or yeah pit stop for the rest of the state yeah i mean i guess just naturally looking back i'm like oh it makes sense that there's like humor to come out of fresno because it's just it's just one of those places to grow up but um i don't know if you're talking about like my personal yeah. influence and stuff like that i yeah. i actually wasn't huge on like watching stand-up not that i never watched it or anything like that i definitely did but it, you know, I, I definitely met a lot of comics who were like, I grew up, you know, listening to every Carlin album and this thing <laughs> and that. And I was like, for me, it was like Looney Tunes and The Simpsons and definitely more like, excuse me, TV shows and sketches and Mad TV and SNL and that kind of stuff yeah. um, that feel like influenced me the most. At what did you perform at all like even not not necessarily stand up but were you a performer at a at a young age i was born in a circus actually no uh <laughs> no i wasn't that would that would definitely be surreal i feel yeah, like i um, think so there's everything I, <laughs> I got into playing i started playing guitar when i was in like fifth grade pretty a, a little bit earlier than wow. i feel like most people start playing it and um and so I, I had like a rock band by the time I was in like seventh and eighth grade, uh, which was still kind of a little bit early. I feel yeah. like most kids do that in like high school. And uh, and so when I got into high school, I wanted to get better at guitar. And I ended up joining the jazz band that was okay. there because a the jazz teacher convinced me that like if, if you got good at jazz, you'd end up being good at like you'll get good at rock, too, because jazz is way harder to do. And I, I mean, that that is definitely true i think uh still to this day i think i think that and so i got into playing uh, jazz guitar and um there's like a very long story with this and then there's the short version but the uh yeah, basically somewhere in between is that we we were a rag ragtag group of uh kids in high school who didn't know anything about jazz <laughs> and just wanted to get better i mean i brought my rock drummer in and my rock bass player in to play in the jazz band because we realized i realized my freshman year that uh i was like all we do is is sit around in class all day and jam like we didn't we just played our rock songs all day it was basically band practice so uh yeah, it was like, we, you know, we were talented, but like we didn't know anything about jazz. And then my sophomore, into my sophomore year, going into my junior year of high school, our teacher, at the, I want to say it was the last day of class, gave us a bunch of sheet music for jazz and said, hey, I think you guys are really talented. Why don't you just look this over? And when you come back junior year, you know, there's all these competitions we can get in. And I think you guys would be really good at playing oh. jazz. And so during my like rock band rehearsals that summer, I would like bring over the horn players and we'd be like, all right, let's practice this jazz stuff and start, you know, anybody, some of the horn players knew about jazz. So they'd burn us CDs and stuff like that of people to listen to. And uh, yeah, anyways, ended up getting back junior year and being really good to where we entered in all these competitions. We actually ended up taking first place in every single competition that we did. Oh across gosh. the state of california wow. yeah we got invited to play out at disneyland we got to make a cd it was um it was surreal if you will um, oh. because we our school put no we were a big school our 
school put no money into the jazz band. Uh, in fact, this is not an exaggeration. Every other school would show up in charter buses where everybody wore tuxedos and stuff. We, we showed up in our teacher's Ford Explorer with our instruments literally strapped to the roof. And we, we wore the only thing we wore, whatever we wanted to wear, except for the T-shirt we wore. I never really watched Two and a Half Men, but I know in every trailer, Charlie Sheen wears this like bowling shirt. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I've seen him wear it a lot in that show. And that's what we wore was that bowling <laughs> shirt in our teacher's freaking car. And uh, everybody made fun of us. And then we went in there and just killed it. Just first place and everything we did. It was uh, it was really cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a weird okay. life. But that's why I started performing. And, that, and that's where I like, I know this is like kind of a weird idea, but it, it was the thing that first taught me that because I would, we would write out these solo. We played the same three songs every time, so we would write out a solo if we had a solo. And uh, I actually won a, a bunch of awards for um, a certain solo that I did in one of the songs. And uh, it was the thing that taught me that something that I wrote in my bedroom could be performed on a stage and people would enjoy it. Hmm. And so that that ended up translating to comedy later. Yeah. Yeah. So did you keep pursuing jazz past I high went, school? I went to uh, Long Beach State, which has a great jazz program. And I went in undeclared, but I took a bunch of jazz classes. I got a bunch of scholarship money to play jazz. And um, I, knew it, I knew it wasn't what I really wanted to do. I, like, it, was, it was one of those things, like, I, I had some like, natural talent with it, I guess. I mean, I definitely wasn't the greatest in the world by any means, but... Uh, I had some like natural talent, and, but I just didn't, my heart wasn't in it. So yeah. I guess uh, probably pretty stupidly, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do jazz guitar. There's no money in that. I'm going to get into stand-up comedy. <laughs> that should be easier. <laughs> That'll be easier than jazz music. Which <laughs> is that literally is. what happened? You were like, oh, no, yeah. I think I want to do stand-up. I, yeah, I, I my so the I kind of had a send-off before I went off to college uh, with some of my friends and I decided that I would do stand-up in my my friend's backyard and like I said I didn't know much about stand-up other than what I like specials I saw on Comedy Central so when I scheduled I I planned this like stand-up show because my friends there was also this other weird sorry to backtrack more but I also was like on my high school um, daily bulletin thingy Um, that was a class where we, uh, you know, people read the Daily Bulletin to everyone. Well, halfway through my junior year, I told my teacher, I didn't want to do the Bulletin anymore. I wanted to be a field reporter and I wanted to report on things that weren't actually news uh-huh. or dumb, like stupid things that shouldn't be news, but I'm going to make them news. And uh, our teacher was like, that's absurd. We're <laughs> <laughs> reading the Bulletin. And I said, can I just make a clip and show you? And if you think it's funny, like we do it. And I ended up doing that. And um and so I was making sketches oh. in high school, but, you know, before Instagram and TikTok and before it, you know, was a big thing. And, uh, and so that taught me comedy the same time as I was performing live in jazz band. And so it just made a lot of sense for like comedy and performance to marry together yeah. uh, to make stand-up comedy make sense. And, and one of my friends had told me like, you should, you should try just going out and doing stand-up. And I didn't even, I'd never thought of that in my life. And so I was like, well, let's do it in my, you know, other friend's backyard. And uh, I ended up doing 45 minutes. Holy cow. Because I thought it it didn't even cross my mind that people did less than that because I'd never been to a real show. I'd only seen, you know, our specials on TV. And I was like, well, our special 45 minutes commercials. That's, that's what you do. That's what stand up is. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I remember it wasn't terrible. Um, I mean, obviously it wasn't great at all looking back at it but you you would definitely hear like horror stories about comedians this first time was just like absolutely awful I didn't have that experience granted it was like mostly my friends but the thing that I couldn't get out of my mind was that um a bunch of the parents were there in the back watching and they promised we're not going to be weird we're not going to hang out with you guys but they ended up like sneaking in during my performance and watching I was making them laugh almost more than my friends and so I kind of couldn't get that out of my head that like, maybe there is something to this. Maybe I can do this. And and so not very long after I went to Long Beach State, maybe like six months later, um, 
I did my first open mic and realized like, oh, I don't have to do 45. I could just do <laughs> five minutes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So did you, uh, did you have an idea that by going to Long Beach, you're basically at the doorstep of one of the biggest comedy scenes in the country? I didn't know that going in. I mean, I definitely knew I wanted to do something in entertainment in some way. And mm-hmm. I... I mean, I felt like that would probably be more acting related just because I felt like that was closer to what I was doing with the like field reporter daily bulletin thingy. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is comedic acting. And so I was like, I kind of want to go to LA because the school is is like one of the best like jazz programs in the nation. And, uh, and also I was like, it's close. It's in LA is like acting uh, stuff nearby. So that's what I went there for. And then I started going every Tuesday to this local comedy show and just watching. And I actually started randomly just um, checking out books from the library, not about how to do comedy, um, but they were all biographies and autobiographies of comedians. And I felt like that taught me way more than anything else could have of, of just how all these famous people got into it and what their struggles were and stuff like that. Oh, I, I'm curious by this notion because I've, uh, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, and and every once in a while I have somebody who will admit that they've read a book on on how to uh, do comedy. Yeah. But I haven't had somebody that used the approach of reading the biographies of comics. Well, tell me an example of something that you you feel like you learned by doing that. Well, the first one I I read was it had the biggest impact on me, not only because it was the first one, but also because it was Steve Martin's. Uh, book of born stand born standing up and that's a big book for a lot of comedians and stuff but more so for me because in one of the opening chapters he talks about how he went to long beach state and that he would write jokes in his head or whatever on his way from uh, to his classes and i was reading that book while i was living in the dorms at long beach state for the first year writing jokes on my way to class and i was like wow this is all like I could do this. Steve Martin yeah. did this exact same thing. It helped you I could visualize. Yeah. Yeah. And made it seem not so, you know, mythical. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And after that, I was like, well, I need to, you know, start, need to start reading about more, more comedians and uh, comedians. I didn't even necessarily like, I remember um, uh, one example is Joan Rivers. I used to think, I mean, all I knew from Joan Rivers was stuff from later in her life when it was her and her daughter. And uh-huh. I mean, to be honest, I just felt she was just really annoying. It was always like fashion mm. stuff. I, I was, you know, 16 year old at the time. I thought, I, I you know, this lady is annoying. <laughs> I then I, so I check out her book cause I was almost out of books at the library that I could even rent. And, uh, and then I read about her life and I was like, oh man, like it just was this new level of respect. And I felt like that taught me a lot about just, yeah, the different types of comedians that were out there, people that I didn't even know existed, um, people had different styles that I, you know, had no idea, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about. And uh, Carlin was another one. I know that's kind of blasphemy, but I, I never liked George Carlin, never got into him, anything like that. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't even know anything about him. And yeah. uh, and then I my first uh, first thing I ever even like looked, before I ever saw a clip, anything like that, uh, I read his book. I want to say it was called The Last Call or The Last. I want to say it was the last book he wrote before uh, before he passed away or anything. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that gave me a new respect for him. And then I started looking into all his stuff and uh it, it was really beneficial doing yeah. r- doing it that way where I was reading books about people's lives. Yeah. I learned a lot. That's very cool. Um, okay, so while you're doing that kind of studying, I did read that you you basically started performing for a year straight and you either advanced or got to a finalist position in a comedy contest. Yeah. And I mean, in a year's time, that's that's very impressive, especially for a city as big as L.A. with its, you know, gigantic comedy scene. Did you? Yeah. Since, since a, a lot of the things you kind of stumbled into didn't realize how things worked, you know, like you don't start your comedy career with a 45 minute set. Usually. <laughs> right. Uh, did you did you realize how, how big a deal it was that you, you accomplished that? 
Um, I mean, now looking back maybe, but yeah, at the time I didn't really think anything of it. A, a lot of it was by accident and it definitely played to my advantage. Um, to, yeah, starting out with a 45 minute set, it, it made it so much easier when I did start doing open mics, they said five minutes. I had a not, I mean, it wasn't good, but it was a not terrible five minutes <laughs> because yeah. I had 45 to draw from. So there was some semblance of jokes in that five minutes, yeah. uh, that, you know, got a couple laughs here and there. So it, it made it an e easy to start right out of the gate. And um, also when I started, it was February of, of 2009. I was only in the dorms my first year of college. And then my second year, I got an apartment. Well, they don't let you stay in the dorms for summer unless you pay extra for that. And my apartment, I didn't get till August of 2009. So from uh, June, July, August, uh, or late May and whatever, three months, I had to go back to Fresno and live with my parents for three months during the summer. I had just started comedy in February and I felt like I was just getting the hang of this open mic scene. And there was no scene in Fresno. It just mm. didn't exist at that time. Well, it just so happens by luck that the week I moved back to Fresno for the summer, uh, or sorry, the week before that, they had just done their first show at this restaurant called Thai Palms in Fresno, which ultimately ended up becoming the closest thing Fresno ever got to a comedy club. It was like five or six nights a week of comedy at one point. It, it became huge. Well, this was their first show and no one in Fresno really knew what they were doing in, in terms of comedy. There were a couple oh. guys who were like sort of road comics, but uh, in terms of like hosts and openers and features, there, there weren't any. So when I moved up there, I was the veteran doing air quotes right now <laughs> because I had been doing comedy for three months and most of them just started that month. Wow. So I started getting feature spots for these LA headliners that were coming up and getting thrown into these 15, 20 minute sets. And uh, it, it just... I mean, it grew me like crazy because when I moved back to Long Beach uh, to go back to school my sophomore year, all these L.A. comics that I knew from open mics were like, you know, where have you been and why are you so much better now? Yeah, because I had just spent the summer doing, you know, at least two to three feature sets a week, um, w having done comedy less th than six months at that point. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, it, that that helped me out a lot. And and when I did come back, people started booking me to do like showcase spots and stuff like that. So I started doing shows, uh, like getting actual book shows in L.A. and uh, and then entered that contest and uh, yeah, ended up getting to the finals of it or whatever. Yeah, amazing. Um, and then things just kept going better and better for you and and it does seem like acting is a part of, of your, your life. Um, I, I, well, I don't know equally, but acting seems to be like, it's a, a growing part of your, your interest too. Yeah. Do, I mean, I, Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, when did that, you know, is it just the, the lure of being in LA or is that, well, I guess you did mention that when you, you did the field reporter sketches that you, you knew that that was something that you did enjoy acting. Yeah, I I never, I don't know if Fresno is a weird place to grow up because the, the whole like Hollywood was right there. It was like four hours away. Yeah. And I had gone many times in my life. My, my parents loved to do, we didn't necessarily go on a lot of like huge trips as a family that often, but we did a million day trips. And so stuff like LA, I had been to it a bunch of times. So that, that sort of like, Oh my God, Hollywood yeah. didn't really exist in my head. And I think that made it a lot easier to get into acting and stuff because I always just saw it as like, I like making videos with my friends. I like making comedy sketches. I want to do that more and try to make yeah. money doing it. And uh, it was just something that never went away for me, wanting to do acting stuff. I had done a play in, in high school, um, which was another sort of weird, surreal kind of experience where I, uh, I had never taken a single theater class. But the theater teacher saw me and liked me on my like daily bulletin videos and stuff. And they were doing a comedy this year. And she's like, I want somebody who has comedic timing and, and you might not know 
exact theater stuff, but I can teach you that. And what I can't teach you is timing. And you already have that. So she's like, come audition for the lead. And I ended up getting the lead in the school play and pissing off wow. every single theater kid. <laughs> it was like, I'm a senior. This is my year to be the lead. This guy's never even taken a class. We don't know who he is. And oh God. But yeah, that was, that was my first time doing like a, you know, quote unquote, like professional, um, acting gig that wasn't just me uh messing around with my friends with a video camera and uh that that probably like maybe that didn't like give me the acting bug but it definitely solidified it that like oh yeah i like this yeah wow so i have this this notion swirling in my head because i saw i i watched a lot of the videos that are posted on on uh on your website uh like you know the sizzle reels from your 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 acting and commercial and when I think about those, I think about I, you've just solidified that the thing that I liked is the, t- the timing. Like there's just a certain timing that is so perfect to those. And I think that's also why I liked your special uh, is there's a, a really good timing to your delivery. And I just keep going back to that's that's probably rooted in a lot of those jazz fundamentals like timing has to be so important and it just i mean maybe yeah i don't know i mean look at i mean that's definitely i've never thought of that specifically it it definitely might be um i know how i approach my stand-up sets like as a whole it has a lot of uh, stuff rooted in jazz where it's like you know i will have my just like in the songs that we would do with jazz, you know, you'd, you'd have your your um, A section, your B section, like the melodies, whatever. And then, oh, here's where we improvise. This is where we do a solo. And now back to the written uh-huh. stuff. And I do a lot of that in my stand-up stuff, right? I do like to improvise, but it's not all the time. And it's like almost a planned section where I'm like, and this is where I improvise. And now back to jokes, yeah. <laughs> which I know isn't didn't come across my dry bar special because that was all written but like when i perform live i i i feel like i stole that from jazz uh is is the style that we see watching the dry bar special in your your album is that is that uh pretty much the same style that you had beginning or has have you had an evolution in in your comedy um for the most part i remember my uh grandma had actually said something she saw a set i did where i like cussed a couple times and she was like why are you cussing you know look at what she said bill cosby she's like bill cosby doesn't have to cuss which is funny looking back but um she uh i i I, it made me look at my set and be like i only cuss like twice so why why do it at all out of like you know uh if if i don't need to do it don't do it. So I ended up like almost challenging myself to like write cleaner. Um, Uh which I do, I always give myself if it's crowd work or ad libbing, anything's on the table. I'll cause I'll cuss in real life. So if I cuss in an ad lib, I don't care. It's not a moral for me. It's not a moral issue. Like I don't want to cuss cause of that. For me, it's a, it's a, like a, a, a challenge thing. I just, I don't, I think it's easy to get a laugh that way or whatever so i i want to challenge myself to write where i don't need it and just focus on where's the actual joke what's what's the actual like funny here and yeah um and so yeah if i let some slip during an ad lib or a crowd work moment i, I don't really care because that's not written anyway but um yeah so that but that was pretty early on that that happened and, and now yeah i pretty much uh, yeah i mean perform clean i i, I hate the word clean comedy i really do it's i I wish it never got used it's (laughs) it's it just makes it sound bad like i know i like you know lots of different styles of of comedy and i would say a lot of the comedians i like aren't what you would call clean even though uh (laughs) that's not how i am when i perform but i uh, it's not necessarily my my taste what of what i watch and uh i just feel like i don't I would never go see a show labeled a clean comedy show. So why are people coming out to see me if it's labeled that way? So I really hate, I mean, I just do what I, what I think is funny and, you know, I don't know. 
Oh, that's 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 interesting because uh, yeah, I've, I've I know two others who who have dry bar specials, and uh, yeah, you you kind of associate that for for anybody that doesn't know, uh, it's literally uh, at a venue that doesn't serve alcohol because it's in Utah. It's recorded in Utah, right? Yeah. So you know, it is. If you hear dry bar, the quick association is clean. You know, it, it is clean comedy. And it just so happens that the two other people that I know that have had dry bar specials, they, I mean, they, they naturally work clean material. Uh, mm. Although uh, I, if you know Leanne Morgan, who's um, got, got a dry bar special, she's from uh, Nashville. She taught, she's an, she's an older woman. She will tell you that she's, you know, an older woman. And she mm. talks about the changes that she's had in her, you know, in her aging body. And, and it, I think it kind of skirts whether or not you would consider it to be clean, but she has so much charm to her and she just has natural talent to boot that it's like, yeah, just you, when you hear the dry bar, you, you have to break your natural inclination to think, oh, they're, they are a clean comic. It's just yeah. that they they are hilarious comics. They just happen to be able to do a 20, 30 minute recorded special uh, that, that these uh, Utah audiences enjoy, <laughs> which is clean. Yeah. I <laughs> so, mean, you said the word natural and that to me, that's like, that's the most important thing. People yeah. ask me a, a lot, like, how, how do you write clean? Like, how do you know, how can I write clean or whatever? And I tell them, if it's not natural, don't, don't write clean. If, yeah. if, if that's not you, don't do it. And I know that goes against what, you know, other comics will say, but I, I really feel that way. Also, if it's not natural to be like super dirty, don't <laughs> because yeah. it, the audiences can tell other comics can tell when you're not being genuine. Uh-huh uh on stage and uh yeah just be just be yourself i know there's a lot of comics out there who feel like i just i gotta be super dirty because that's what's funny and and yeah the ones who are great at it are the ones that it's it's just natural for them to to be like that and same with like clean or whatever it's it's not the ones trying to write clean it's just they're just writing what they they think is funny yeah yeah uh i i don't uh it is, it is not my, my routine to, uh, during the, the podcast, to talk about specific jokes that you have, uh, mm. but your jokes tend to come in, in pretty quick punches, and I heard it on, on uh, the album, and then I heard it on the, uh, the Dry Bar special, but the tattoo joke just gets me. <laughs> it, is oh, so, it is so good. It is so simple. And, you know, it's, it's so silly and I don't know, I don't know why I, you know, I, I can handle just about any spectrum of comedy, but I, I I think I I realized by, by watching your special special, but I just like silly stuff. Mm. Um, The silly stuff I think makes me the happiest and, you know, silly absurdist is just sometimes what you need when you've had a rough day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be comedy that makes you think. It just has to be something that, you know, definitely you you just enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's get back to living in L.A. as a, as a uh, comic, as an entertainer. Um, how, how difficult is it to essentially grow up on the, in the L.A. comedy scene? Um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not as glamorous as you know people think it's going to be if they haven't been there before um there's a lot of comics fighting for very little quality shows and uh uh and it can be brutal at times um but yeah you just got to find your own path through the garbage (laughs) (laughs) make them find your find your way through the trash um and there's definitely i mean it's such a it's kind of a bizarre place because you have some like, I mean, I'll be honest, there's some really bad shows in LA, but there's also some of the greatest comedians in the world. <laughs> there. Yeah. So it's like this weird balance um, or imbalance, I guess, of, uh, of great and uh, not at all great. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. I kind of like the chaos of it a little bit because I've always, I've always pushed myself to try to be universal and try to find a way to make everybody laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, And you, you do get a big mix of different types of shows in LA, which I love. And it can be really hard at times. And I've always told myself to like, good. Like I like those, those tough shows because it just makes you stronger and it makes you, yeah, it makes it can make things more universal and, and and bring in people that you wouldn't normally have thought you could bring into your your set at all. Yeah, did I uh, catch either your bio or some random search that I got that you you also do college shows? Mm-hmm. Okay, so college shows are a challenging beast too. Yeah, how how is uh, adding that to your your mix of comedy performance been for me it's tough because people just assume this is like my personal thing but people just assume like you're a young guy you you work clean you like you're not you don't go overly edgy in terms of stuff that colleges don't want um but that doesn't just because you know i don't have to be like politically incorrect or uh you know i'm not like twice their age or anything like that they're still 16 year old <laughs> they're still like you know 17 year olds 18 year olds um who are just living in a very different generation than i grew up so it is still tough it's not as easy as just just be clean and don't piss them off and you'll have a good set it's like yeah. no you're still this is probably the youngest demographic that you can do in comedy unless you're doing like little kid shows and I mean that I don't know if that's necessarily stand-up but it's 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 just really challenging I don't know um I mean yeah I've had great sets there you just find different ways to like identify and um and stuff like that but also just going in there with with confidence I think it's funny seeing because sometimes you'll just you'll see grown adults who are just like scared to death to perform in front of these like 18 year olds uh, who don't yet even have a degree uh, yeah. and, but uh, yeah you just got to go in there with confidence and I don't know yeah I mean I the, the, the advantage the advantage that you have of uh, performing in front of adults who have conscientiously made the decision to buy a ticket to go to a mm. comedy show they know that okay well I'm this is something that I'm interested in and it's comedy. I bought a ticket. I'm invested. I'm, I'm going for it. And then I, I think of, you know, college kids who are like just this mass that don't have any idea what they like yet. You know, yes, they've, they've had a lifetime of exploring hobbies and interests and whatever, but they're in college. This is going to cement it all uh, to some extent, but I mean, they don't know if they like comedy or not right when they're going to see these shows so that's a tough audience to turn over yeah i mean it is a fear yeah and just i know there's definitely a thing nowadays of just like you know especially college kids now and the fact that they have twitter at the end of their fingertips so like am i gonna get canceled from saying the wrong thing and and I know there's like a big fear of that, but yeah, you just, if you're going to do it, I feel like you just got to go on with confidence that if yeah. you really feel like you have something to say or something you want to get across, just, just do it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's tough. What was the, the inspiration to get you to uh, record your, your debut album? Um, money. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's uh, comedy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know. I felt, I felt like I was right on the brink of, of, I just turned 30 actually. Don't let, don't let Hollywood know that. Um, (laughs) And so I felt like there was like a turning point in my life, like coming up and it felt like I was ready to move on from certain uh, bits that uh, I completely, I still do, you know, probably half that stuff, but it felt Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I need to, you know, for a, well, lack of a better analogy, I need to put this on paper. I need to solidify this stuff and go on to the next next chapter or whatever. Yeah. 
I mean, I really do like, like I was saying earlier, draw a lot of like inspiration off all those like biographies and autobiographies that I read that I, I do tend to look at uh, things in terms of like chapters uh, mm-hmm. in a book. Cause that's how, you know, that's all these other comedians lives. Yeah. And, and it felt like things were categorized that way with these comics that you'd be like, Oh, this is the section about when they did this show or when they did this stand-up set uh you know special or you know and that's kind of how it felt yeah it still feels for me like oh i'm on this next chapter right now and the album came out in 2018 mm-hmm. so that's three years the end of ago the year. okay yeah. and you've had some pretty impressive uh tv credits that have uh, been all centered around comedy since then so is that, I, I mean, I don't know. It's probably the chapters concept. It's not necessarily that your album was the mechanism that gave you these, these, uh, these writing and performance uh, TV credits, but you know, there had to have been some kind of, I don't know, was it, was it a confidence change from, from that album and letting that material go, even though you, you still, do some of that material or you know what what all materialized to make that happen i i mean, i've always just had the mentality of you have to put your foot into a million doors and see what was see what stays <laughs> open and and i you know i'd love to say that a lot of it was like oh it all just came together that you know i did this and then did this and then did this but it was like you know a lot of that stuff it's like well i was working on that thing for 8 years and then it finally uh you know materialized and then this thing over here i had only been working on for two weeks but then i you know i got in and i met the right person and it just all happened to happen (laughs) at the same time (laughs) i feel like and that's a lot of comedy i don't think it's as like it's definitely not linear at all it's very like you know well i met this person at a party and that happened in a day but this thing i've been trying to do for the last five years and it's not working out for me so yeah it's just all got to come together you know, I, with sticks and glue. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the 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 sausage is never uh, pretty to to watch happen, but at the end <laughs> of the day, you're enjoying something nicely put together. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never I heard the sausage analogy before, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a week <laughs> when I. Yeah, I'm still no, like shopping it. it. <laughs> Uh, I don't actually know a lot about the the laughs show. Can you tell me what more about that? Uh, yeah, that was just a show they did around the country where it was on Fox. They um, had comedians do, I don't know what I did, like a 10 minute set. And then they would feature it in um, like a clip from it or whatever uh, late at night on Fox national Um but it was it was national, but it was like one of those shows that was on at like 11 p.m. or something like that oh. on a Tuesday or something. <laughs> um, now it's on Hulu, so you could watch it on that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's probably still on Hulu. Uh, and it was a, a year or two ago I had checked and it was. Um, but yeah, it was just like short showcase sets. I got featured in like two or three of them. Um, so that was kind of cool. But yeah. uh, they ended up using like my entire 10 minutes, uh, which was nice. Some people only got like one clip. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a nice, it was my first like nice video. I felt like I could send out to to bookers and be like, Hey, book me on your show. Yeah. So what, what other projects do you have going on? I know you've got the YouTube series. I think that's a current thing, right? The Bigfoot Chasers? Uh, Kind of. It's always on hiatus and always active at the same time. Uh, it's one of those things we just film it when we, we tend to film a whole season, like quickly like within a, a couple weeks or something and so whenever we feel like doing it we'll get together and write and film a bunch of them uh-huh. um so we're actually in the process of getting that on as a um as an app on roku so you could huh. yeah cool. i mean that that is happening it's just a matter of when it's coming out yeah. um i'm pretty sure right now it's on amazon fire uh you can there's a the Bigfoot Chasers app. Uh, it's in like beta mode right now. But um, the other big thing I did in 2020 was I actually wrote uh, my very first book. Ooh. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, 
it's out right it's now. It's out now. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll I didn't one mention and show that. Show you, yeah. but I forgot this is all audio. Um, ah. <laughs> so it, I can flip through the pages so you can hear at home uh, how it sounds. But yeah, I ended up. Uh, I had all these those first uh, few weeks of like the mandatory like quarantine uh, thingy in like March or April 2020. I was like, eh, I'm gonna go through and uh, clean out my room. And, you know, just throwing stuff away and kind of re redesigned it all or whatever. And I had found these, uh, these couple notebooks of short stories that I had done back in it's, I had them all labeled back in 2010. So it was 10 years, 10 years ago, almost exactly. Uh, from when I found them to, to when I wrote them and, uh, I had, it was one of those things I just kind of, I wrote them. Um, I, it was just like a fun challenge for me to like write short stories i'd never done it before they were all comedic i didn't think anything of it i put them away ended up finding them 10 years later and was like some of these are actually funny <laughs> and the, there's other ones in here that i feel like i could rewrite or you know tighten up or something and then i started getting ideas for more of them and i end up writing like 50 of them or rewriting or collecting like 50 of the short stories and at the same time uh, one of my best friends he He's like a really talented illustrator. He was showing me these like drawings of like a character he'd made and all that. And I was like, hey, why don't you draw a picture for every one of these stories and we'll make a book? And he was like, okay. And then it just kind of winded up self-publishing it, but going through like the whole process, it's like an official book. It took forever to get it done. But um, uh, yeah, and then we printed a bunch of them, started selling them online and um yeah, now I have a book out. Well, cool. and it's a day in the wait, a day at the zoo a, in 2062. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I went like off memory be, on that. That was great. You really do do all your homework. <laughs> oh, I try. But yeah, it sounds like a kids' book, but it's not. It's it's for adults. It's uh, so it's definitely adult humor. Is it so? It's a collection of short stories, or did you yeah. put them together? Okay. No, they're all separate. Um, yeah, there's like something like 50 of them in there some are really really short some are like three four pages something like that but yeah. it was a lot of fun to do and uh didn't really think anything was going to come out of it especially 2020 years kind of like oh what's happening in the world and then next thing we know it's like oh my god we have a book out yeah. it's been really fun because it came out actually we i was determined to do it in 2020 so actually it was new year's eve night i was calling my buddy being like i'm gonna press <laughs> send on this in the on this order form to get all these books ordered because i was determined to say that i wrote a book in 2020 and he's <laughs> like okay i'll give you the okay and then we we did it so it, it came out in uh, february of 2021 when we started selling them so it's been a lot of fun to get back out on the road and doing like in-person shows and, and having that book to be able to sell and like sign for people after shows it's been yeah. it's been really good huh that's okay so now you're uh you, you have jazz musician under your belt. You're a comic. You have an album. You've been on TV. You've done commercials. You've written a book. You've been in movies. Uh, what uh, is there anything you won't do in the creative <laughs> arts? <laughs> You're the lead I mean, in, if a, it has in the a right, play. <laughs> yeah, if it has the right price tag. You know? <laughs> no, I just, I it just goes back to like kind of what I was saying in the beginning of like I didn't grow up. I mean, I, I didn't grow up like stand-up comedy wasn't my like official thing. It was just all comedy in general, like the yeah. Looney Tunes, the Simpsons and all that stuff. And I feel like more than anything, I'm just like a fan of comedy. So it doesn't like, I, I've never felt like pigeonholed to like, oh, I only want to do this one thing or whatever. Yeah. It, it just felt like anything that I feel like I could adapt to what I like, uh, I'll do it. If it's yeah. acting, writing a book, all of it. And uh, as we are speaking to you, you are on tour. So in, as the universe opens up, you are, you know, grabbing the bull by the horns and, and going out on tour. Um, it, uh, again, going off memory, I think you wrote something like, you know, you're, you're touring in the hottest states uh, in the summertime. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, good luck uh, when you get down to Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I have some, uh, I booked in Arizona a bunch in July too. And I was like, ah, of course, yeah. 
Yeah. Probably no one else wanted those weekends. That's why they, they're like, well, we got the July 4th weekend open. I'm like, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> Is this your first time doing a, a tour or have you toured, you know, in the before times? It's so it's, I don't even like, I don't really throw the term tour out there very much. Ah. It's funny because I, I have a roommate who's like a musician and he loves to use the word tour for anything. He'll go oh. out for two shows on a weekend and be like, I'm going on tour. Like, I don't know, man, you're just going to Bakersfield. That's what you're doing. But <laughs> I, I did feel like this one was actually a tour because I'm, it's the most I've ever been out at one time, which is four weeks, It's like 22 shows in four weeks. And it's, um, I never go back home throughout that four weeks. So it's, I was like this, this actually does feel like a tour or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I got a lot of like, after this, tour or whatever got a lot of like weekend shows and different is like i go out to like uh phoenix the glendale area um for the stir crazy comedy club I'll, like headline the weekend there and then uh laughs and tucson is a different weekend and uh i got uh, colorado springs coming up uh in september and uh it's just a lot of like weekend stuff which is honestly that's like the ideal situation for me is to be able to act during the weekdays and and do spots in la and then uh and then go out on the weekends fly out somewhere and 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 go out on the road for the weekend okay so you're 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 going back and forth you're not mostly like, yeah wow yeah right now right now i am on an actual tour but yes uh-huh. after june yeah i go back and forth a lot mm-hmm. and do you, uh what are you currently acting in that you can share with us because i know when you're filming it's all hush hush until you know oh yeah yeah no uh no big theatrical projects currently although there's a lot of like auditions and callbacks out in the ether we'll see what happens but um the right now i've been doing a lot of commercial stuff for the last couple uh years and uh that's been a really crazy weird world that I didn't know existed. I was, you know, like most people, I think I assumed that, you know, commercials, what you get into while you're trying to get into movies or whatever. And that might be somewhat true, but it it is its own world. There's people who make a lot of money just doing commercials. And it's not like, it's not just the flows and the, you know, uh, whoever else is out there but uh it, it's you know regular people you've never heard of people you don't even realize are in a lot of commercials yeah. you could you could make a living just doing that so that that's been really cool and fun and uh i like doing it a lot so yeah it's kinda, I, it's funny as i was watching uh the, the clips that you have of of your commercials it's like oh he's kind of like the it guy the every guy everyday guy like yeah you have you have a look and it's just so in it seems like it's so in with commercials right now and mm. it's like oh it's like the perfect it's the perfect time for you to be doing commercial work because you i don't know i don't yeah. know if this is all coming off as a backhanded compliment no that's honestly that's the whole commercial world you should see some of these like call sheets or whatever it's just like guy who's straight up ugly like that's your role name you know it's like always like hideous man number one Uh, yeah it's funny because one i mean there it's always like that um they don't pull anything back (laughs) like fattest person in the world your turn (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess, I guess if you're trying to make an impact in 30 seconds or five seconds, you know, before people click the skip ad thing, you gotta, you gotta be real specific about what you're looking <laughs> right. for. <laughs> oh, exactly. But yeah, one of, one of the, um, it was like third or fourth commercial I ever did. I finally, I, I get into the room. It was one of the, normally you, you know what your, at least what your role is going to be or whatever, but this was like a weird last second one, whatever. So I, I show up and they, they hand me a script and they really don't, it's all very quick. And they're just like, Oh, sorry, here's a script. Uh, we'll, we'll call you in in a second. Uh, read it over. And so I look at the script and it says on there, uh, the, the first person speaking is his, his uh, role name is hot guy. And I was just like, finally, finally <laughs> I get a freaking audition for hot guy. 
And so I'm reading through, it's like, Hawkeye says this, that, and then I turn the page and then it says second hottest guy in the office walks in. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's me. That's you. That's who I am. And it was just a joke. The whole joke was that, well, it's a small office. That's uh-huh. why I'm the second hottest guy or whatever. <laughs> it just, I was like, yep, that's, that's about right. <laughs> Well, you have to have uh, you have to have the the stand to the laurel or the hardy to the laurel. You know, you have to have the <laughs> yeah, yeah. the companion. <laughs> but yeah, they just don't they don't pull any. It's always like nerd guy or something like that. And yeah. I, I tend to get those because I'm not like I don't look like a stereotypical nerd. You know, like that. Oh, right. I have tape between my glasses, kind of kick me sign nerd. Right. It's always like oh, this seems like a real life nerd. <laughs> seems like he actually is. <laughs> well that's why I, I i was describing you as like an everyday guy because you you have a look that's adaptable so you can mm-hmm. do the the nerd and you could you could do the second hottest guy <laughs> in the small office <laughs> yeah that's me <laughs> uh okay well we're gonna start winding down is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to have people know about you um yeah i'm also running for president of the united states and uh, no um <laughs> yeah i would not want that uh no uh I, I we already talked about the book but uh, they are on sale online if people want to ever uh get one for themselves and don't, don't happen to see me at an in-person show uh it is zoo2062.com 2062 Dot com, or you can just go to my website, Daniel Eachus, E-A-C-H-U-S dot com. And uh, it's it's pretty self-explanatory from yeah. there. It'll say, buy my book. It pops um, up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the things that I'm doing with my summer vacation series, which is a little different for you because uh, you're in L.A., but I do ask my guests for the summer vacation series, uh, what they should know or check out about the LA comedy scene and some comics coming out of LA that people should know about. So. Oh man. Yeah, no, that's uh, honestly, it's still a good question. It's, you know, <laughs> there, there are so many comics in LA that there really are like a ton of people who just, you know, fall or under the radar or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of comics who just live in LA who are just like, they'll end up going out on the road. Um, I know uh, some of my sort of my favorite group of, of comedians who I am friends with, um, but they're just so fun to watch. They're all out of, well, not all of them anymore. But anyway, um, you got like uh, J.C. Carias, originally a Florida guy, but J.C. Carias, James Fry, uh, Samuel J. Comerow. He's not in L.A. I don't think anymore, but he was. Uh, that whole group, like, I don't know. They're not, you know, not necessarily like, household names if you will samuel uh, was on america's got talent and all that and did really well in there and jc as a comedy central thing but uh, they're just so so fun to watch they're good friends of mine so it's uh uh i would say there are some names um mm-hmm. in terms of places to check out uh yeah it's it's honestly there's some uh there's some great orange county shows um which if, if you're not familiar with LA, it's like a little bit south of LA, but still in the, it's still sort of in the LA greater area. Um, I mean, God, if you looked at it in terms of miles, it's probably 10 miles away, but it might take two hours with yeah. traffic. Um, but yeah, Orange County does have some good shows. I know sometimes it'll get stereotyped. It's like, oh, that's the conservative area. And LA is mm. the, the liberal area, but not I, it's not it's not that black and white um there's a lot of young comics young like up-and-coming comics in orange county um it's a very very young scene i feel like and um yeah a lot of a lot of talent because la we all we all do both you know we're all in la and then we're in orange county and orange county i feel like is where you go for stage time and la is where you go to network and meet people so if you're ever uh, in the la area check out some uh some orange county spots um this place called the uh, Le Cave in Costa Mesa, so which is this is a good room. Um, there's the Rec Room in Huntington Beach, which is a lot of fun. Obviously, if you like your Bray Improv, Irvine Improv, but um, yeah, there's some good shows in that area. Cool. Well, thank you for those recommendations. Okay. Well, yeah. are you ready for your closing question? 
No, I, I'm not ready yet. Let's, uh, let's do okay. this whole. We'll do this all again, and then I'll warm back up, and then we'll. Uh... Uh, no, that's not how this works. Let's do it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. One word to describe your future. Oh. <laughs> Man, I hope it's still surreal. <laughs> oh my God! I think I I. You, you remember at the early part, I said, somebody said checkered and they tried to do this artsy and I had to stop myself. Yeah. It's because they also picked checkered as their future word. <laughs> so they did this, you know, it's, it doesn't happen too often where somebody will say the same word for both and wow, here yeah. we go. You've, you've done I hope it. it still is. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I should have said checkered. Dang it. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> Striped. Great callback. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Daniel Eaches. Tell us where again we, where we can find you on social media and uh, another hype up for your projects. Yeah, my uh, my book is a day at the zoo in 2062. It's on my website, uh, which is danieleaches.com, E-A-C-H-U-S. And then on social media, I'm on everything. It's at Dan Eaches, D-A-N, and then E-A-C-H-U-S. Very good. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Daniel Eaches got to be a comedic genius that you heard today, just as much as I have. Yeah. <laughs> this has been Comedy Wham presents Daniel Eaches. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you.